Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Linda, thanks so much, and good morning. Uh, at the beginning of this Holy Week, uh, we want to give us some space in the service to encounter God. And uh, as Linda shared, I'm going to be speaking for about 10, 15 minutes, and then Heather's going to come and join me. And we want to create some space for us as we reflect on the cross and the resurrection, as we reflect on the Father's love for us, as we reflect on all that Jesus has done for us, and as we reflect on the Spirit coming. And we want to create some space for us to encounter God and to come into his presence. But we'll explain some more about that in a little while. I wonder what you're waiting for. I wonder what you're waiting for. Um, I've had the privilege over many years of uh, going on many aeroplanes And one of the things that happens sometimes on an aeroplane is you get stuck on the tarmac waiting to take off. Maybe you've been in that situation yourselves. You know, you've got up really early, set your alarm clock at some ridiculous hour, sped down the A12 and the M25, got through all the traffic, arrived at Heathrow, queued up for check-in, put your bag in, queued up again for security, gone through the duty-free, got your coffee at Pret-a-Manger or Starbucks, and then you've gone to the gate and you're waiting again, and then you get let on the plane, you think, finally we're going to go, and then you sit on the plane and the captain comes on to the uh, tannoy and says, there's been lightning in the area and I don't know how long it's going to be before we're able to, to take off. And so you sit there and you're waiting and you don't know when you're going to get up in the air and you're stuck in an in-between place. You've left the place uh, which you call home, and you haven't got to your destination, and you're stuck there waiting for this plane to take off into the air. And everybody wonders, how long? How long are we going to be in this waiting place? How long are we going to be in the in-between place? That in-between place is so familiar for it for us, isn't it? We know what it's like to be waiting for something. We've all been in that middle place where we cry, Oh God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still. Oh God. We've all been in the waiting room. Maybe waiting for a job. Maybe waiting for a baby. Maybe waiting for those exam results. Do you remember waiting for your GCSE results or your A-levels? The summer just seemed to go on forever until that envelope uh, fell through the door. Maybe you've been waiting for an opportunity or you're waiting for success. Or maybe you're waiting for some results from the doctor or the hospital. 
We've all sat in the waiting room, haven't we, of the in-between. It's a restless place. It's a place of uncertainty. It's a place of questions. Sometimes it's a place of sorrow and of fear. And often our hearts cry out, how long? How long until we meet the person that we're to marry? How long before we finally pay off all of that debt? How long will we be sick? How long until a prodigal child returns home? How long until we feel less tired, less lonely, less depressed, less afraid? What are you waiting for right now? And how do you feel about it? What are you waiting for right now and how do you feel about it? It's hard, isn't it, in a society where we're used to getting everything that we want right now, right at this moment. Waiting can be as frustrating as watching a score draw in football, a nil-nil result where the 90 minutes just seems to go on forever. I met Sam Earl, Claire's uh, boy, the other day, and I said to him, Sam, what's the hardest thing that you're waiting for right now? And he said, Simon, it's like waiting for Ipswich to score a goal or to win a game. And then there can be the emotions of guilt and fear and hope and anxiety and pain that go round and round like a roller coaster. The heights of hope and the depths and descents of despair. And then there's just the long, slow valleys of relentless waiting. And sometimes you dare not hope anymore for fear of being disappointed again. Angus Macmillan wrote this poem called Dancing in the Waiting Room, and I think it sums it up really well for me. All our living is in waiting. In these moments, we find ourselves anxious, hopeful, trembling, wishful, fearful, impatient. All our dancing shadows are there, flitting in the half-light of unreason, crowding together in fevers of movement, never still, never one. Then a voice says, next, and a new dawn begins. So much of life is lived in the in-between, isn't it? And so much of our faith is lived in the in-between, in the now but the not yet. The now when we see glimpses of heaven, when we hold a little baby in our arms or we see a young couple walking romantically along the beach or we see people healed and restored when we see homeless people getting a home, when we see people lifted out of debt and we see glimpses of the kingdom of God and yet we know it's the not yet of total victory and total rescue. The now of knowing glimpses of God's presence and the not yet of living eternally with him. We're living in the in-between. We're living in the waiting room. So what has God got to say to us as we sit in the in-between in the waiting room. I want to look at this passage in John 16 just for a few moments this morning. It was Holy Week, the run-up to the 
crucifixion. Jesus had gathered his disciples in the upper room. They'd celebrated the last supper together. He'd washed their feet. And John 16 is part of that upper room discourse. They'd left the room now, but it's shortly after the gathering together of Passover in Jerusalem. Judas has left them. He's gone away And the time is drawing near where Jesus will leave them as well. And this is the moment when Jesus is preparing his disciples for their time of waiting. He knows that there's going to be a time when he will leave them. He knows that there's going to be a time when he will be gone. He knows there's a time of uncertainty and anxiousness and fear coming for them. He knows there's a time when they will see him on the cross and then there will be a time on the in-between before his resurrection where they will not see him anymore. And he says here, doesn't he, in a little while you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you will see me again. This is the time where he's preparing them. It's the time where he's preparing them for the three days of fear, anxiety, hiding, despair, and silence. He's preparing them for their waiting. And he has five key messages for them as they wait. And there are five key messages for us as we find ourselves in the waiting room and as we go through Holy Week this week. The first is this. The warning of waiting comes with the promise of an end. The warning of waiting comes with the promise of an end. He says that you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that, you will see me again. There's a promise of an end. In verse 20, he says, your grief will turn to joy. You may experience grief now in the waiting, but it will turn to joy. And then he uses the illustration of a woman in childbirth. This is a dangerous place for me to go. But this is what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish. Maybe be a little while later she forgets the anguish. But she will forget the anguish of, because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Paul, when he was writing to Titus in in chapter 2 and verses 11 to 14, says, right at the heart of the Christian faith is a waiting for our blessed hope. Praise the Lord that in our waiting, this life is not all that there is. Whatever the waiting in this life there is, there is blessed hope that all our trials, all our waiting will one day disappear like the mist giving way to the sun on a warm spring morning. There will be reconciliation with those that we have lost. There will be healing for the health that is gone. There will be the mending of broken hearts, broken relationships, broken promises, and broken bodies. There will be resurrection after the cross. Hallelujah. But what about whilst we wait? Is there any hope now? Is there any hope for this moment? 
Well, in this passage, Jesus points out that the whole of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is working in our waiting like three spotlights. The Father is working. The Son is working. The Holy Spirit is working. All active in making us more like Him in our waiting. More active in bringing us into deeper relationship with Him. You know, the incredible truth is that in the most intractable problem that you face today is Jesus' invitation to a deeper relationship with him. In the biggest thing that you are waiting for right now is an invitation from the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to come into a deeper relationship with him. Jesus says in verse 27 of this passage, the Father himself loves us. The Father himself loves you. The message before the waiting and in the waiting is that the Father himself loves you. Martin Luther's wife saw Luther descending into a pit of despair and discouragement. Every day she could see him going deeper and deeper into disappointment. So one morning, she went up to her bedroom and she dressed up in her funeral clothes. And she came down for breakfast dressed in her funeral clothes. And Martin Luther turned to her and said, Who's died? What funeral are you going to? And she turned to him and said, Well, from your countenance, I think that God must have died. Why are you acting like that. And Luther thought and recognized that, Lu- that God hadn't died. Why was he acting in the way that he was acting? You see, in the waiting room, we're reminded that the truth, that the Father loves us. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Psalm 139 reminds us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that the Father loves us, that he made us in his image. Ephesians 1 tells us that we're chosen, adopted, and forgiven into his family. We are children of the living God. 2 Corinthians 1 tells us that God is the God of all comfort and compassion, and that whatever we're waiting for, he's like the Father waiting for the prodigal son to return with arms of love and compassion and care waiting for us to come and sit on his lap and say Abba, Father, Daddy, whatever you're waiting for, the Father loves you. This is the truth. He has compassion. He cares for you. John 17, 26 tells us that he loves us with the same love that he has for Jesus. He says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I have pleasure in you. I take pleasure in you. I love you. I am the God of all compassion and care and comfort. You know, there's no better place to experience the love of the Father than when you are in the waiting room. 
There's no better place to experience the love of the Father God, to remind ourselves of his care and his compassion for us than when we're in the darkness of the waiting room. You know, I want to tell God that that's not true. That actually, I do very well, thank you very much, in pushing closer to him while everything's going really, really well. I don't need all this trouble because actually I'd come really close to God even when everything's beautiful in my life. But I know that's not true, don't you? That actually God loves you so much, that God loves us so much that he won't let us do this on our own. He loves us so much that he won't let us do this on our own. His own. The second lens we get, or the second spotlight in this passage, is that Jesus wants us to ask for what we need while we're waiting in his name. He says this, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. There's a fantastic film called Princess Bride. Who's watched Princess Bride? Or about three of you. You need to go and watch Princess Bride. It's kind of a classic cult film. And we'll get onto that in a minute. You know, Jesus is realistic about pain. He says, in this world you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. And in Princess Bride, Wesley says to Princess Buttercup, Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling you something. (laughs) Jesus knew that we would face pain. He knew that we would wait. And he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. He's not trying to sell sell us anything. He is clear we will have trouble. He is clear there will be waiting. But we can ask for anything that we need in his name. What a promise. What do you need to ask Jesus for today in your waiting? What do you need to ask Jesus for today in your waiting. And finally, the third spotlight, the Spirit is our comforter and our guide in our waiting. Andrew Murray in his book, Waiting on God, said, it is God's Spirit who has begun the work in you of waiting. He will enable you to wait. You will be met and rewarded by God's Spirit himself, working continually. Psalm 62 verse 1 says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. My hope is for from him. And the Spirit brings three things for us as we wait. Firstly, he gives us perspective. He guides us into all truth. He guides us into the reality of our situation and he gives perspective on our situation. Secondly, he gives us grace. He gives us the patience to keep waiting, to go on waiting when days become weeks and weeks become months and months become years and years become decades of waiting. He gives us the patience and the grace to wait. And thirdly, he gives the comfort of Jesus and the presence of Jesus in our waiting. Jesus says, I've told you this so that you might know peace. 
in verse 33. In John chapter 20, um, when Jesus appears to his disciples after the resurrection, he repeats these words. He says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. These were his first words. He knew he was going to go away again. And he wanted them to know in their waiting that he brings his peace. And so Jesus' invitation to you today is to experience his peace in your waiting. And so we have these three spotlights of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father wants us to know that he loves us. That, he, that we are his children, that he takes great pleasure in, in us. Jesus wants us to know that we can ask anything in his name that we need. And the Spirit wants to come and guide us into all truth and give us patience and comfort and give us his peace in his presence. And that's all we're going to do in this encounter prayer as we come together and pray now and as Heather comes and and joins me. Is we're just going to lead you into God's presence. To lead you into the presence of the Father. To speak truth about the Father's love for us and his care for us and his compassion on us. To spend time just to ask Jesus about what we, for what we need right now. And to ask the Spirit to come in power and to guide us into his perspective. Give us his patience and his peace. So we'd like to just stand together. And this is time for us to to come into God's presence at the beginning of this holy week. To wait on him. To experience him. If you feel like doing that, putting your hands out in expectation for what God is doing that you might receive from him is a really good thing to do. If you get tired during this time of standing and you want to sit down, that's absolutely fine. But let's come into the Father's presence. We cry, Abba, Father, Father, thank you that we are wonderfully, credibly made. Thank you that you put your image in us. Thank you that you knew us before the beginning of the world and before we were in our mother's womb. Thank you that each one of us is unique, made in your image. Thank you that you tell us that we've been adopted into your family. Thank you that you tell us that we've been chosen. And we stand forgiven as your children this morning. Grateful to you with thankful hearts. Father, thank you for sending Jesus, thank you that you have the same love for us that you had for your son, Jesus. 
Thank you that your love for us is like the father of the prodigal child. Thank you that you stand with open arms waiting for us to run back to you, to return back to you. And that's what we do now to you. We run into your presence. Thank you that you're there to welcome us with open arms, with joy and with celebration. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you won't let us do this on our own. We bask in your love. We revel in your love. We celebrate your love for us. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that you look at us. That's hard for us to receive. Because we see our sinful nature and we see our fallen nature. But thank you. Thank you. Maybe you just want to cry, child. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for your tenderness. Thank you that you're working in my waiting. Thank you, Father God. Just take a moment just to receive the love of the Father and to bask in his love for you. And now we're going to step into the spotlight of the presence of Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you're the son of God who loved us and gave yourself for us. Jesus, you've promised to be with us always to the end of the age. So we can know that you're with each one of us right now. Thank you, Jesus. We're asking now that you open the eyes of our hearts to your presence with us. We worship you, Jesus, for your desire to be close to each one of us. We worship and honor you for everything your death achieved, that you removed everything that separated us from God. We worship you because you're with each of us. You're with me right now. So why don't you just pause for a moment and think, where, where is Jesus for me right now? Where do you sense him? Is he beside you? Is he within you? Is he in a different place altogether in your imagination? Where do you sense Jesus for you right now? Is it a sense of his peace? Just allow Jesus to reveal his presence to you, whatever way he chooses to do, because he is here. Come, Jesus. Show me where you are for me, here, now.
help me engage with you, Jesus. What does it feel like to be conscious of his presence? What's he showing you about himself? And now in this moment when you've invited him to be present, what do you want to say to him? Remember Bartimaeus who was blind. Jesus invited him to be bold in his request. He said, what do you want me to do for you? So why don't you take a moment to do the same as Jesus is very present with you. What do you want to say to him? Pour it out. Be honest. Stay in that place. Does Jesus reply? You may not hear an audible voice. It may just be a spontaneous thought that comes into your mind. He may speak through a picture. So if you see something, hold on to it, explore it. Or he might bring to mind a verse from the Bible or a worship song. You might sense him bringing healing or a comforting touch. Just for a moment, be really attentive to what Jesus is saying to you. Hold it, ponder it. Thank you, Jesus. And then we're just going to come under that spotlight of the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come for each one of us. You are, of course, already present. But we're asking you to come in a fresh way as you bring new things to us. Would you bring to us a fresh touch from Jesus? You know our needs, Holy Spirit, even more than we do. So as we stand, we invite you, fill us afresh. Fill us to overflowing. Bring healing where we need it. Bring transformation where we need it. Bring hope, faith, love. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, whether you feel a lot or whether you don't feel anything at all, we know that he is present. We know that he loves us. We know that he hears us. And we know that when we invite him to, he meets with us. So you might just like to take your seats when you're ready. And you might just want to Reach for a piece of paper. There's some in every pew. And just you might want to write down what's just happened. Or you might want to write a little prayer. Or you might want to write something that will just help you to remember this moment.
As human beings, we have a great tendency to forget the lovely things that God shares with us. And by the time the service is over and we're having coffee, it'll have gone. And we'll, if someone says, did God speak, you'll be scratching your head and thinking, oh, yeah, maybe he did. So why don't you just take a moment to write that down, tuck it away in your pocket so you can ponder it again later. And you can do this any time. You can come under the three spotlights, the love of the Father, the light of the presence of Jesus, the light of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just a beautiful way of encountering God any time you want. So we'll give you a few minutes just to reflect on what you felt, what you sensed, what you heard from Jesus. Anything that you want to reflect and write down. Just take a moment to do that now.